Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. And today we are celebrating a one year but anniversary. <laughs> yes, this is episode 52. We have delivered an episode every week for a whole year. That's amazing. And we are super excited that you have been following us, listening to us, and just supporting us. We're so happy that you are here. We're so happy we get to share our message with you all. And we just wanted to shout a big love to all of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is this episode sponsored by? Ooh, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Power and Mastery, the most complete stamina training for men. And if you have not yet checked it out and you want to know how to have harder, stronger erections, last longer in the bedroom and expand your sexual skills, go to powerandmastery.com. All right. So we're very excited about this episode. And as we said, it's 52 And it's titled, How to Reignite the Passion in Your Relationship. And Mm. this is a subject that comes up many, many times. We've given public talks on this subject. (laughs) We Again, just this past weekend, we were having a discussion with a friend who's having challenges in this area. And it just comes up over and over and over again. And so we decided that uh, it would be a perfect subject for our one-year anniversary episode. Yeah, and so this episode is for you, whether you want to save your relationship by bringing some passion back, or um, if you want to reignite a lukewarm relationship and make it a hot, steamy, passionate one. And one of the things that, you know, we're going to share with you in this episode is the number one killing of passion, like the number one thing that kills the passion in a relationship. And it's definitely not what you think it is. And to be honest, um, it's not poor communication. It's not lack of skills, money, or your your in-laws, or lack of time, lack of sex, or it's not even like infidelity. It is something else. So stay with us and we'll tell you all about it. Yeah. Not that those things can't. Affect them because they do, but it's not the biggest piece. And the biggest piece that we will get to in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're teasing you a little. But the the biggest piece is something that most people don't even realize exists. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so we're going to shed some light on that. And here's what happened. When people lose the passion in their relationship, the one thing that they start to do is they look outside of themselves for a fix. And oftentimes it looks like, hey, let's try a new sex position or go to this, like, do this sexual adventure we've never tried or how about learning the Kama Sutra or, I mean, it, it's always or like watch a porn movie, right? It's like it's something from the outside that will bring the spark or ignite something. So you're always depending on something else. And if that something else is not hotter, bigger, and better, then the spark's not lit up. Yeah, and if, and if you're a personal development junkie, like some of us are, <laughs> you will hopefully have learned at this point that it's all an inside job. It really is. Everything. Yes, absolutely. So if you have been in a relationship for a while, you probably know that it is a little bit difficult to find a balance between 
Well, having safety, having comfort, having ease, and that still have like hot sex and passion, right? It's kind of a dilemma. You're like, well, I want both. It's not one or the other, right? And, um, you know, maybe your relationship right now has lost some of that and you're more into the friend zone. And we, by the way, have a great episode for you that uh, you can go back to on how to get out of a friend zone, if that's you. So listen to that particular episode. Um, but if not, I think um, we're going to be telling you what that uh, number one thing you might be doing that's in the way. You know, we should have brought one of our drums over so we could do a drum roll. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> All right. The number one passion killer is lack of polarity. Ah, And you might be wondering like, okay, polarity, what what are they talking about? I know there's some odd silence in the audience. I can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, what are we talking about when we're talking about polarity? Well, basically what we're talking about is masculine and feminine energies. And before we go any further than that, I want to make sure that we are very clear that we are talking about masculine and feminine energies. Who in the relationship takes on the role of the masculine and who in the relationship takes on the role of the feminine? Mm -hmm. So obviously in same-sex couples, you will see that one tends to be more masculine, one tends to be more feminine, Mm -hmm. regardless of what uh, actual physical sex they are. Um, and so it's really important not to get hung up in the, but what if we're gay and what if we're this and what if that, like mm-hmm. think of it in terms of energies. It's not specifically tied to physical gender. Gender. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, as we will be discussing it, a lot of people, um, embody, like they might be in a feminine gender body and then have more masculine energy. So in order to have that, uh, spark and that polarity, basically polarity is an energetic charge created created by the differences between the masculine and the feminine. Exactly. It really is. So we call it polarity. Uh Um, Sometimes you might hear it referred to as, you know, magnetism or whatever. Chemistry, maybe. Chemistry. But really think of it like a magnet. A Mm -hmm. magnet has a positive side and a negative side. What happens when you try to put two of the same uh, charge together? They repel each other. Mm-hmm. What happens when you put the opposites? They stick together and they Absolutely. hold together very well. And that really, it's the same thing with people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, unfortunately, these days there's this big push to take uh, gender out of everything, mm-hmm. right? And and to say, oh, well, there's no difference between men and women. It's all the same. You know, we should dress the same, look the same. Like, and that is what's killing the polarity these days. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to make a distinction because there's like, ultimately there are two genders, okay? And there's the masculine and feminine. And then there's a multitude of sexual expression and and orientations. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are getting confused with that nowadays. And it's like you can be a gender masculine and then your orientation could be anything you want it to be. It doesn't have to just like be the sex that you were born with. And I think like it's if we got clear on that, there are these two bases and then there's this like so many variations possible to express your sexuality. I think it would make things much easier and much less confusing. 
<laughs> but that's a personal yeah. opinion. You don't have to agree, but we were just going to throw it out there. Yeah, and and I think it's really important that we really embrace the fact that there truly are differences between yes. men and women. And, you know, I, I understand where the Women's Lib movement comes from because they really wanted equality in the workplace. They mm -hmm. wanted equality in pay. They wanted equality in voting rights. Mm -hmm. And all of that stuff is awesome and absolutely should be. And at the same time, as a woman, you are different than I am as a man. Yeah. And, and even if you're, again, the same sex couple, there are going to be differences based on which energy you truly embody. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we have hormones that are different, the chemical messengers in our body, which affect our emotions and what happens to in the body. And so even if we're thinking, well, yeah, there's no difference between men and women, physiologically, there are still differences which will affect how we react. So, Okay, we don't have to convince you, you got it. When we're talking about feminine and masculine, we are talking about energies, not specifically the gender. One more thing that we want to really bring, and I really love to talk about this one, so this is why I'm going for this one. <laughs> so when people think about feminine and masculine, oftentimes there's an idea that the masculine is the go-getter and the feminine is the passive. So if we were to sum it up, like masculine's penetration and feminine's reception, and that one's passive. And there's no such things. Like, like, they both are active roles. So if you start to look at that from that perspective, that they are both a side of the magnet, then you can really um, understand it better. Yeah, it's really, it's really important to understand that. And I think too many people, they either don't understand it or they, they just don't want to understand it. Maybe there's too much pressure from the outside world telling them that's not the case, mm -hmm. but it really is. Okay. So if we want to sum it up into two words, maybe we can think of presence and radiance. Okay. So we have our, our, our qualities here. So now let's dive into the relationship that you might be in, because now that you are more familiar with polarity and you understand that you need to be on opposite ends of the spectrum to have really strong attraction, um, what we've noticed is that relationships can fall into three different categories. So you can be in a low polarity relationship, and if that's the case, um, you're really not that sexually attracted or polarized by each other, right? Uh, you might have a really good emotional connection. And this is the one we call the best friend syndrome. We love each other. Everything is amazing, but the sex, yeah. right? And yeah. that's a low polarity when you're there. And people, people will say, oh, there, there just isn't that sexual chemistry. Mm -hmm. And so what they're talking about is there's a lack of polarity. Now, in some of these cases... You know, people will say, well, there's, there's really no spark, there's no chemistry, there's no polarity, but, but when we do have sex, it's good, mm -hmm. but there just isn't that... that <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and, and, you know, like, we look at it more from a long-term relationship, because if... Okay, if you've never had polarity in the relationship, chances are you probably won't get there. Um, but if you had at least like good sex at first and then it went down and now you're like into that like best friend zone but not much sex, then you can absolutely bring that bring it yeah. back. And you might be able to get that. I mean, 
sometimes there just isn't polarity between two people. Yes. Right. And you just have to recognize that and say, okay, that's, that's just the way this yes. is going to be. But other times that lack of polarity really has to do with how you and or your partner are showing up when you come together. We're going to talk Absolutely. about that a, a lot more later on because mm. what you bring in is uh, directly responsible for what happens in <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so then we have uh, the opposite. This is a high polarity relationship where, well, basically you can't keep your hands off each other, right? And all you see, all you have is this amazing off the chart sex, but then everything else is kind of like, like you don't really have maybe that that comfort or that ease and that in that. Um, but, you know, like being able to maintain the, the communication and you don't have the emotional intelligence and connection there. Yeah, yeah. these are the ones that uh, uh, tend to burn fast and bright and it's like yes. there's tons of polarity and fire and sparks and magnetism and chemistry and then as soon as that wears off, the relationship disintegrates. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So what we're hoping that you want to be able to get into is what we call the conscious polarity. So you know the subtle dance between the masculine and the feminine and you are able to... Polarize, depolarize at will. You can relax, you can have an emotional connection, and you can have hotness and passion. And this is a really, you know, really interesting because it's not something that just happens, right? Like Kevin was saying earlier, if you know what to do, um, you can bring that energy back, which means that you must intentionally cultivate the differences in your relationship. Um, it, it will not just happen by accident. You must create polarity. Yeah. And, you know, some people just naturally have polarity. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about a little bit more about, you know, like, how do you create polarity? Sometimes when two people get together, you know, one is just like, they're super masculine and the mm -hmm. other one just tends to be feminine and then they have no problem creating polarity. Mm -hmm. Now, it can fade a little bit as time goes by depending on whether or not they stay true to themselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what happens is you, you get into this relationship and you, you start sort of compromising who you are and, you know, especially like say from a masculine point of view. You know, you might enter into a relationship and you're, you're very firmly in your masculine, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you go out and you, you're doing stuff with the boys or you're rock climbing or martial arts or whatever it is, you know, fixing cars. And then you get into a relationship and it's like, well, you know, you get kids, you get a relationship. And I don't really have time to do, do the man things. I'm not getting my man time. Then the strength of my masculinity maybe starts to go down a little bit. And that's when you start to see things like, oh, she's not really uh, initiating sex anymore or she doesn't seem like she's that interested in me anymore. And it's like sometimes it's literally just because the things that were attractive to her in the beginning, you've stopped doing. Well, because you started spending all your time with her. You started agreeing to everything she wanted, even when it's not always to your best interest. It's a very fine line between being a nice guy and also... Um, just being a strong guy. <laughs> yeah, and you know, this is something that we talk about a lot, right? There's a big difference between what I always call the macho asshole mm -hmm. male and what we would call more of a conscious healthy masculinity. Mm -hmm. And you know, the old paradigm, the old macho asshole is like, it's my way or the highway and I don't <laughs> care and there's no reason for it and it's just because I said so and because I'm the man and I run this family and and you know, there's no consciousness behind 
what the decisions are, how they're made. There's very generally very poor communication mm-hmm. about why something is the way it is or why you want somebody to do something. So that's that's the old paradigm. That's what all the feminists were fighting against mm-hmm. was people who were like, well, I'm the man and you're the woman and therefore you're second class. And mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. That's what they were fighting against. Mm-hmm. Right. So the more healthy modern masculinity says, hey, I'm firmly a man. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to naturally want to take charge. But at the same time, I'm going to be aware and conscious of your needs, desires, and wants mm-hmm. and take that into consideration and be open to changing, being open to, hey, if I say, okay, uh, today we're going to go out to dinner and we're going to go to this restaurant, <laughs> you know, and then you're like, you know, I'm not really in the mood for that. It's not a, well, that's where we're going. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's a, oh, okay, well. Uh, what are you in the mood for? What would you like? Mm-hmm. So what I love about this example is um, a lot of guys sometimes feel shy to be like, well, but what if I'm like overstepping and like, okay, well, if I make a decision. And here's a here's a thing, guy. We just want you to make decisions for us. We won't always listen. But the fact that you stepped in and was like, hey, let me take you out. And how about we go for, um, you know, Mexican food? And then, and then, it gives her the, the chance to check in and then she can be like, you know, I really wanted Thai food. And so this goes well because then you go like, awesome, let me take you and let's go have Thai food. But if you had started from a place of like, hey, honey, do you want to go out? What do you want to eat? Chances are she could have been like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Now I'm not really in the mood. I don't really know what I want. And could have been like one of those like kind of Icky discussions. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> this happens all the time when neither person will step up and make a decision uh-huh. because one's afraid of, well, I don't want to impose my will. And the other's like, well, I'm not really sure what I want and I don't want to impose my will. And it just destroys chemistry. Absolutely. Now, what's interesting about this, you said that, you know, as women, you really just want guys to make the decision. And I want to make sure that the listeners understand what you mean by that, which is that. Yes, you want us to make the decision, but you don't always want us to make the decision, <laughs> right? So what that, what that really means is all she wants to know is that you are there and that you are capable and able and ready and willing mm-hmm. in any moment to make a decision that needs to be made. It doesn't mean you actually have to go with that decision. Right? No, no, no. I just want you to make a decision, like start something, and then I'm still going to choose where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're laughing, but that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I don't know if any of our listeners here have followed the work of David Data. I know he can be a bit of a controversial character. Um, but, you know, a lot of what he says really is true when he talks about this. He says, women are going to test men, mm-hmm. right? And they test us because they just want to know that they can rely on us. Mm-hmm. They want to know that when they test us, when they ask us those trick questions or, you know, do those types of things, that we don't fold, we don't fall apart, mm-hmm. we don't lose the polarity. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the problems that we have is that most people... Um, they're stuck in operating in in the wrong energy. That's the opposite of their core energy, right? Uh, because we had all this idea, you know, I need to be a strong woman. And, and I can totally see that even within myself. You know, first of all, when I grew up, I was kind of thinking about the Prince Charming that was going to save me. 
And then I moved out of that phase and I was like, I don't need a man. I don't need a prince. I'm going to do it all and I'm going to do this myself. Um, And then you kind of stepped into that place of like, I choose to have a man around. And that's a very, very different thing because it might look the same that it did when you needed that outside prince, but how you feel and how you react to it from the inside out is very different. And so what we see nowadays is that we have a massive energy flip-flop. Like women, men, um, they go like, men have been told that they need to become, they can't be like dictators anymore and they need to be more sensitive. And, um, And then women have been told that, hey, you can do it all. Like, you can be this strong woman who gets who gets shit done. And then it's like, yeah, there's no room for anybody else to support it. So that's unfortunately something that we see. But if you are now more familiar with what it takes, where to be on the spectrum of the polarity, then you can start to connect with your inner energy more. So what does it look like to be more feminine? Um, sometimes it looks like to allow other people to, to guide you, but it also looks like to not constantly compete with the masculine. And that's a really, really important thing because if you're constantly trying to overpower him, you are in your masculine and it's not being in the feminine. I have a great story about that that I'd love to tell. And I'll I'll try to do it really quickly. But I was in a relationship years ago. And I noticed that sometimes when we would have sex, it would be awesome and it would really work. Mm -hmm. And then other times it would just really wouldn't work. It would it would feel like we were just butting heads the whole time. Like it was it was more of a wrestling match than Mm -hmm. it was actual, you know, lovemaking. And I, I just couldn't wrap my head around why sometimes it was so good and sometimes it just really didn't work. And so I was really trying to figure this out. And one day I had this idea. I'm like, wait a minute. I started to see the pattern. And the pattern was, was that whenever we got together, um, when I was very tired, maybe I had a long day, maybe I had to make a lot of decisions that day. I used to have a very high-stress job. And uh, at night, I just wanted to not make any decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to sit back and relax. And, and in those moments, that's when things didn't work well. Mm-hmm. And in the moments where I had plenty of energy and I came in all masculine and, and I would just go for it, everything would work well. So I realized in that moment what was happening, which was that um, when I was being too soft and passive because I was tired and I just didn't want to you know, amp up the masculinity, that that's when things went wrong. And so I concocted this experiment in my head <laughs> and I said, all right, I'm not going to tell her what I'm going to do because I don't want it to influence the experiment. Mm-hmm. And so all I did was the next time I realized that this was happening, like this wasn't working very well, that I was just going to, no matter how tired I was, I was going to embody every ounce of masculinity that I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And I tried it the next time this happened, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, okay, um, this is only one data point, so I don't know if, uh, if it'll repeat itself every time. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, um, I'm going to try this again. So I did, and I got the same result. And I was like, Okay, now I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. All right, fast forward, every time I would do it, it would work. 
Then we went to a workshop that was being taught by a man who was basically teaching the same types of stuff that David Data does. I had an opportunity to talk to him with her afterwards, and I said, hey, so you're teaching all this stuff about polarity and, and all that. Let me tell you about my own situation. You can tell me what you think. And I described the entire thing to him, and he just stood there, looked her right in the eye, and said, absolutely. We walked away from that experience, and she said, this is all bullshit. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah? Well, I've been doing this for the last month, and it's been working. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I love this example, and I think that it would be really cool if we could like give some examples to our listeners of things that they can do. So the first step, obviously, is to reconnect with you on energy, whether it's feminine energy, masculine energy, whatever it takes to like feel like you are into that space. That's the one where you feel at ease and natural and you don't have to push yourself. And I think that's very important too for women to understand that because I think that we are very talented and we can do it all. But just because we can doesn't mean we should. And we there are also like just because we can doesn't mean that it's an it's a it's a fun experience for us. And so pay attention to this. Like what are the things that you can naturally do where you don't have to think about where it feels good when you do it? And when you are more in your feminine, you focus on the experience. When you are more in your masculine, you're focused on the result. And so that's, it's, it's not so much what you do, it's how you do it. Okay, so spend time focusing on your experience as a woman and being like into the sensations and that will help you to be more connected with your feminine. If you're a guy, spend time in like making a plan, having something to go or to do and having this goal that you're reaching and this will like absolutely connect you with your masculine energy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the thing is, like I want to use the the term take charge Mm. and that's true. But take charge from a conscious place. Yeah. <laughs> just just make sure that she knows that you've got a plan and that you can implement this plan at any moment and that you're also open to completely changing this <laughs> plan based on what she needs in the moment. Mm-hmm. So here are a few tips that we want to leave you with that you can do. So number one, you want to spark your sense of adventure and creativity. There is a real connection between your creative energy and your sexual energy. So if you're not feeling the passion, the attraction, the sexuality, like take an honest look. Is your life feeling juicy? Are you having like your creative flows and juices or is it just kind of like dry and and boring and kind of the same all in all? So if that's the case, do some new things and adventures. So it could be as simple as taking a different road back home. It could be a little adventure of like, let's just go visit this or even going to a museum you've never visited. I mean, it could be very simple. It doesn't have to be a very elaborate adventure of climbing Mount Everest, right? But it could <laughs> it be. It could be, uh, but it doesn't have to be. And, um, you know, when you do something new together, it creates a new bond. And that's really part of the thing here of like reigniting that spark. Yeah. So the next one on the list uh, is... Do something that gets you in touch with whichever energy you really resonate with. So, for instance, like as a guy, I got to do things that make me feel like a guy. 
So that, that could mean, you know, going out and doing a hard workout or martial arts or rock climbing or fixing something, building something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it could be building your wife, uh, planter beds in the backyard, but you got to get out the power tools, you know, you're like, you're cutting, hammering, screwing, nailing, you know, whatever. Like something Helping that, me do a Yoni steam chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Helping you build a Yoni steam chair, <laughs> whatever it is, do something that makes you feel like mm-hmm. a guy that mm-hmm. gets you in touch with your inner masculinity. And for women, same thing, whatever that is, whether it's dancing or spending time with the girlfriends or you know baking or drawing or sewing or like anything like being in nature receiving a massage giving a massage like all of these things will boost your oxytocin will help you feel more feminine in your body as well yeah um, of course, you need to also, you remember, we always talk about that constant arousal, right? Um, and so you got to like grab him by the cock and, you know, make him your hero. Like you got to sexualize him a little bit. And I'm going to combine both things here too. like drop all the different cutesy names that you have for each other. I know a lot of people like to call each other honey bunny and and babe and cutesy thingsy and those things are cute but they don't you don't want to fuck that yeah well like like <laughs> like somebody used the term this weekend uh, handsome boy to describe a 45 year old man yeah and it's like no, no no you don't use handsome boy yeah no, you, you say man. handsome man absolutely right? absolutely because nobody wants to fuck a boy exactly and i hear that a lot like um my girlfriend sometimes like oh he's such a cute boy and i'm like Ooh, like that's kind of like a mommy. Are you 15? Yeah, like like, this doesn't really work out. So remember that you want to see each other as as sexual beings. And I have to say, uh, the cock is one of the direct way to a man's heart. So just even grabbing his cock, acknowledging that he's sexual really works. And the way to do that for women, uh, don't grab her by the pussy. Unless you specifically ask. (laughs) (laughs) Acknowledge her beauty. Acknowledge, uh, praise her for just like what she brings into your life. Um, I would add in there too, like recognize when she does her hair differently. Recognize what clothes she puts on. Oh, I noticed you put that belt on. Uh I know some guys are going off fuck, how am I going to recognize all that stuff? Uh-huh. But really, all it just takes is a little bit of awareness. Like, you know, Pay she attention. probably wears the same stuff pretty regularly. It's mm-hmm. not like you got to memorize a whole ton of things. Like, if you see something you don't recognize, just say, oh, wow, I've is never seen you? that before. That looks really great. Uh-huh. Oh, I see you did your hair a little differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. These are good advice there, Kevin. So another one is very important here is to give each other some space. And you don't want to spend every single evening together, every day of every day I've ever <laughs> together, even though it's really romantic and it's awesome. And, you know, Kevin and I, we work together. We both work from home. We have businesses together. Uh, we live together. We are very much together a lot. And there are still times where um, one of us will be like, hey, I really wanted to read tonight or do this particular thing. And the other one's like, great, go do your thing. I'm going to be in this room of the house and, and play guitar or do that, you know. And it's these moments are very important. If you cultivate your independence and kill cultivate your uh, just who you are your essence then you can have more to give to your partner and it helps if you have enough space you know (laughs) we've we've actually worked with couples who live in these tiny little spaces Mm -hmm. and they're like ah i can't get away i need space i can't deal with it 
and you know, obviously, if you don't have the space, then physically go out go of out. the house. Yes. But yeah, this idea is to to create some space, and this is this is a great time to spend time with the girls or spend time with the guys, and yeah. you can. You can do those masculine and feminine things while getting space at the same time. Absolutely. And when you do that, then coming together will be easier. You'll miss each other and stuff. Yeah. All right. Next one on the list is power play. Mm. Now, this is an interesting one. This is one of the areas where I really see that uh, BDSM can have a real positive role Mm. in people's sex lives Mm -hmm. because it allows you to explore those power dynamics Mm -hmm. in a safe environment Mm -hmm. where you know that like if somebody's being really dominant in one way this is not the way it is every day of life Mm -hmm. you know yeah and power play is really nice to be fully into uh the like submissive part or fully into more dominant and it's interesting to play with that together too where don't do both at the same time because you're not doing either one but take turn at times and see and is there one that just doesn't feel good at all for you dynamic and uh, but once you find something that works it's really good sometimes to to play with these yeah and one of the things that i've seen uh happen quite effectively through bdsm is is if you have one or maybe even both people in a couple who are sort of afraid to really fully embody whatever their their energy is. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, as a guy, I've seen some guys who, for whatever reason, maybe it's cultural programming, maybe it's because they grew up with all women, maybe it's because they're just in the nice guy, you know, sort Syndrome. of <laughs> place. But they're really kind of afraid to step up and really be masculine. Like you can see it in their face. They're actually afraid of what would happen if they do it. And so power play can give them a safe space to be like, okay, I can step into this now. It's like a character I can step into mm-hmm. and I can see what would this be like? How would this feel? Is this Does this resonate with me? Is this mm-hmm. something I could do? So. That's good. That's really good. And you can, you know, it doesn't have to be whipped and chains. You know, we are very vanilla and uh but we play with just more like the energy of it of like having somebody on top somebody who's like more receiving and stuff like that and if you want to play with toys and tools and chains and that's your thing that's also great (laughs) just have excellent communication before you go into it absolutely absolutely um of course, here's another thing that you absolutely want to do. Here's another tip. Appreciation. Yeah. And, and the spin on this one, though, is appreciate the things that make one or the other masculine or feminine. Because mm-hmm. we talk about appreciation a lot. And there's <laughs> tons of benefits of it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, what really helps the polarity is, you know, as a woman, if you say, hey, I really appreciate the way you were able to fix that wall or, mm-hmm. or wow, you know, the... The, the planter beds you built for me are amazing, you know, like Absolutely. appreciate those things mm-hmm. and vice versa too, right? So as a guy, you want to appreciate the things that make her a feminine woman. Like, wow, I love the way you put that outfit together. I love it. So we have three more tips and here's what, what we're going to do. I'm going to do two and Kevin's going to do the last one because I know he like he needs to do that one. Um, tip um, to reignite that passion, take a vacation together 
take a weekend away or a date night if you can't go far like and you have kids or money's an issue like but take some like even if it's a staycation just the fact of getting out of the routine and getting out of your environment can help to reignite some of that newness and those feelings and then you want to do caring acts for each other and speak each other's love language every day it's going to be really hard to feel passionate towards somebody if you don't feel loved Mm-hmm. And so you need to nurture that every day to uh, through simple little actions. They go a long way. And actions speak louder than words because you can say I love you all you want, but if you don't show it through the caring and the actions of every day, the person is, is not going to only just trust and listen to the words. Yeah. And the last one it's kind of what we call the starving lion. <laughs> <laughs> and and by that I don't mean put yourself on a fast for a week of <laughs> of no no opposite sex or anything like that. That's not what we're getting at here. Um, we've talked about this before, and actually we have a big piece about this in our Power and Mastery course. I believe it's in Sexual Mastery. Mm-hmm. But it's about the presence, right? And so when we say starving lion, what we really mean is when we come together, I am so present with her in that moment that I look at her the way a starving lion would look at a gazelle or something. Mm, you know? Gazelle. Like like <laughs> you know, think about think about, you know, even your cat, right? When mm-hmm. you're when your cat's stalking something, yeah. nothing can move his attention. Absolutely. Right? He he, she, whichever is a hundred percent focused. On that thing that they want, uh-huh. right? And that's that's really as a... She wants that. Uh, yes. She that, wants that. That's it. <laughs> thank you. I was going to say that, but it means more coming from you. That's what she wants. She absolutely wants that from you. Want me. Desire me. Want eat me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's another way. I mean, if you can really embody that as a man, you're go- already going a long way mm-hmm. towards creating that polarity. So the last thing I want to say before we wrap this episode up is um, keep in mind that everybody has both masculine and feminine energies Mm -hmm. within them, right? So we're not saying that guys are all masculine and women are all feminine. We all have both. It's just that in somebody that identifies as masculine, the masculine energy is stronger, more pronounced, Mm -hmm. and vice versa with somebody that uh, resonates with the feminine Mm -hmm. energy. So keep that in mind. We all have both. It's important to cultivate both. And if you want to have good polarity, if you really want that chemistry then you have to make sure that the two people are, whichever role they are, they're opposite. You need the opposite. That's the spark. Absolutely. So you are now armed with all the knowledge that you need to reignite the passion in your relationship. Yes. (laughs) All right, everybody. We had a great time with this episode. We're so happy we finally got to talk about this subject. We hope it was helpful for you, and we will see you next Next time. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.